Hey, this episode of the Sex Nerd Sonder podcast is sponsored by the Art of Charm podcast. Check it out at theartofcharmpodcast.com and on Stitcher and iTunes. It's actually a top 50 podcast over on iTunes, packed with wisdom in the truest sense of the word, from how to become more productive and professional to how to meet and attract women and manage relationships if you're in one, topics like how to create confidence, how to get people to like you, how to get people to trust you, how to keep things fresh in relationships, how to create or end a relationship, plus, of course, productivity and time management. Basically, it's a fun and educational way to spend your time learning about personal growth because it shouldn't be boring, should it? No! You might remember Jordan, one of the hosts from the Ladies' Man episode early on in the Sex Nerds Under podcast. Check it out on Stitcher iTunes, and theartofcharmpodcast.com. Now entering Nerdist.com. Hey, sex nerd. This is Sandra coming to you from Sydney, Australia. Hey, if you're in town, come out to my show tomorrow night. It's May 16th, 7 o'clock at Metro Screen in Paddington. Um... There's a lot of good stuff going to be talked about, and it will be really fun. And I am so jet-lagged right now to even tell you about it. It would, it would not be pretty. But there's very few tickets left, so yeah, you should buy one um, if you haven't already. Um, and then Auckland, New Zealand, I'll be with you soon, May 21st, 8.30 at Classic Comedy and Bar. So that's like your local comedy spot. Come out, come out. I've got two really cool comics, Tim Bass and Urzilla Carlson, coming out. They're really funny. We're going to talk about all this stuff. Plus, I found out that sex work is totally legal in both Australia and New Zealand. So that's going to have to come up at some point in these two live podcasts. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Wellington, New Zealand. If you're right, I know it's supposed to be the cool kids. It's like the Brooklyn of New Zealand. We won't have a show, but um, I figured I'm going to name a bar to hang out at on May 23rd in the evening, probably like around nine or so. So May 23rd, mark your calendars, Wellington, um, and stop by and say hi. You know, even if it's just one person, just to say like, hey, New Zealand person that listens to the show, what's it like in your world? come by and say hi. Um, other than that, I'll be hosting Body Storytelling the next few months in Los Angeles. You can go to bodystorytelling.com to check that out. And I just hope you're having a great day or evening or both. Um, yeah, I was glad to have this conversation with Robin um, a little bit a while ago, and I am glad to finally release this episode and just talk about the things. But there's, there's a lot more. I have a lot of stuff that I need to um, find out about in terms of sex and disability. And so, mm, yeah, I, I could just talk on and on about all the things I want to know, but that's what a podcast is for. So, um, have at it. Welcome to the sex nerd Sandra podcast. Whoa. What are these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, Let's start the show. We'd better just start talking because this I is know. exciting. <laughs> oh, okay, hi. <laughs> but, um, yes, a lot of it is uh, logistics because you know people. Anyway, so just people gonna people um, gonna boink. Yeah, they wanting. Yeah, they want to boink. Mm-hmm. Everyone. It does not. You know, that's the really great thing about you know we're, we're human beings. We have sexual urges, sexual drives. You know, we all know this, right? And it's natural. And everyone has it. But for some reason, 
people think uh, disability somehow precludes you from being a sexual being and that's bullshit and so that is tell us how it is oh yeah sorry i am very unfiltered and i tell it like it is because you know i i'm gonna be my authentic southern self excellent yeah right you're from atlanta yes i live in atlanta georgia now i totally forgot what your last name was because i just know you as robin robin wilson Beatty. robin wilson Beatty. and i have a business called sex abled i just formed that Um, congratulations thank you we um, met at the Sex Geek Summer sec- Camp. Yes, at Sex Geek Summer Camp, which is where I felt like I got enough information to and enough confidence from everything that I learned to actually start my own business because it was something that I had thought about. I just didn't really have the direction. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's going to mm-hmm. be too expensive. And then Sex Geek Camp happened. And I'm going, okay, I actually have a need. I was able to identify what is what is it that I'm trying to do? So I um, do lectures and workshops and classes on uh, disability and sexuality, anything disability and sexuality related. Um, I've talked to everyone from, you know, first year medical students to, you know, to, about taking the sexual history of a That's patient fantastic. with a disability mm-hmm. and to, from everything from that to talking about uh, BDSM and disability and how to um, make adaptations um, for kink. So I, I, I run the gamut. I am very comfortable talking about things that other people are uncomfortable talking That's about. That's fantastic. Oh, and thank you. It's a huge field. That- it is. It's a huge field. And um, I, I, I think there needs to be more um, sexual educators uh, with uh, disabilities mm-hmm. that, you know, but that's like it's, it's kind of i feel like i'm on the cusp of something that's exciting uh-huh. and new and i like kind of being at the forefront of um talking about disability and sexuality because i'm a firm believer especially when it comes to disability that nothing about us without us because the paradigm nice. yes because the parent has been where it's you know a lot of disability um organizations and things you know or then it's changing um but being were the people in charge were people without disabilities Mm -hmm. and which you know of course disability affects everyone at some point in their Mm -hmm. life so and we're all connected but you also need to involve people with disabilities Mm -hmm. and when it comes to talking about disability that makes sense exactly because when i say oh well because sometimes people will be like oh no well this is what's important this is what and like well, actually, mm-hmm. if you actually talk to people, you know, this is what is important to people with disabilities. So sexuality came out of that. I have a kind of a I have a story attached to how and why that happened. But I am in love with my work and I I can't believe that this is actually happening and I can't believe this is my life. And I'm really grateful fuck yeah (laughs) you you know you you've been a delight and um i wanted to ask a couple things one um just to me i've struggled with how to talk about disability on my podcast because there's so many different kinds oh yeah i mean there's chronic back pain there's migraines there's dwarfism there's there's mental health mental health yes and Uh. how do you are there are there any categories that you put them in just a 
make it easier to talk about a different kinds of disability or how, yeah how do you talk about it um i i actually talk you know i do cross disability a lot of times you know it's more general things cross I, disability uh, cross disability means all disabilities oh, okay. you know um and um i general i do kind of general education Mm -hmm. and overviews where it's you know and like in classes and stuff unless it's something specific it's hard i can tailor um a talk Mm -hmm. to a specific disability like um i'd like to uh, speak to spinal cord injury patients because as a person with a spinal cord injury Mm -hmm. um i would like to talk to them about you know, some of the things that I feel are important for people with spinal cord injuries mm-hmm. when it comes to masturbation, it comes to how you think about sex and, you know, sex with paralysis or loss of sensation. And because I know it, I lived it. I, I still live it yeah. and I'm going to be living it till I die. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, what's your story? I mean, I know that you walk with a cane. I yes. know you have a great personality and smile and you're just a lovely human being. But I, have, I do not remember like what specifically is going on with, with your own body. Okay. Well, um, I actually, I have um, a couple of disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to say I'm special, special. But <laughs> um, now I um I, my, but the spinal cord, I have a spinal cord injury. Okay. I'm a C4 uh, quadriplegic incomplete, which means my spinal cord is not severed all the way. Okay. Um, my level C4, in order to kind of give uh, something where people can actually kind of reference in their head, Christopher Reeve, his level of injury was C3. I'm just one more notch. Is it a vertebrae? That. Yes, it's in my cervical area in the spine. So basically, um, I have a loss of sensation of a lot of areas of my You're, body. She's touching her shoulder right yeah, now. Yeah, below my shoulder. And oh, okay. So, um, and so it, my body, it, it's kind of strange. Some parts of it feel like even below like the level of injury. Mm-hmm. Some parts feel, other p- parts don't feel. Mm-hmm. Um, my the breast mm-hmm. don't feel, but my nipples do feel. Interesting. Uh, my vulva doesn't feel like my pubic mound. My clitoris feels and my huh. vagina. So uh, you know, and and my anus. So those things do feel. So I'm going. You know, I I can still I get off, but I can also orgasm from having my neck kissed. But mm-hmm. um, show off. but um what how it came to be is they found a rare birth defect inside of my spinal cord um and it was killing me i Mm -hmm. was i did not know i had it okay uh walking around for 31 years without Mm -hmm. knowing i had a time bomb in my Mm -hmm. spinal cord and it's called uh um intradural arterial venous malformation Mm -hmm. which is an avm Okay. And um, it's an extraordinarily rare birth defect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had experimental surgery to remove it because it took them a while to diagnose what was going on because I, I started, my legs started going out from under me. My arms stopped working. I was, you know, and I was going to the hospital. They really did not know what was going on. And a nurse practitioner ordered the test where they, and the, they, when they gave me the results, they called me the very next day and oh. I had to come in. And there was the doctor there that was head of that neuro- neurological practice 
who got his medical degree the year before I was born. Oh. When he looked at me and said, I've not seen this before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been, you know, he how it was like, what, practicing for 40 something years. And no, at the time, 30, 30 years. But um, and he said, and I've heard about this. I've read about it. I have not seen it. Huh. So for my particular one. So he goes, however, so he sent me to an expert. Mm-hmm. And I everything right place, right time, the universe because um the guy who's uh, the doctor who is the foremost surgeon in uh neurosurgery, uh Dr. Daniel Barrow, he he was he agreed to take the case and I had experimental surgery at Emory University. I found out uh it took them a couple of weeks. He went and conferred, brought my films to a neurological surgical conference oh my so that goodness. he could fancy yeah so we could sit there and you know um discuss the case with other neurosurgeons around the world some came over to actually come watch um huh. the surgery because you know it was groundbreaking it was mm-hmm. new um but it was experimental mm-hmm. uh some they were throwing out numbers like 60 percent chance of dying 40 percent living and wow oh so this was life-threatening uh yeah i was dying oh okay so basically i was going to bleed out inside my spinal cord i had it's basically having an aneurysm inside your spinal cord wow i had the birth defect was just this collection of rogue blood vessels and that's an avian they're they're not veins they're not you know they're not veins artery they're but they want to act like it, but mm-hmm. their walls are super thin. Anyway, so they were circulating blood, but the walls are starting to mm-hmm. break. Right. And it was attached to that. And how, how long there. ago was this? Um, 10 years ago. Are you in the clear? Um, well, they removed it. I had a two-day surgery, and it was very grueling, very intense. Um, they went in, and first they uh, tried to, you know, they plugged it up like with some kind of surgical glue for a little bit to cut the slowed the bleeding before they went in to actually remove it Mm -hmm. and removing it meant slicing through all the the muscles in my back and then removing several lamina that protect the spinal cord that's intense man (laughs) i know oh and did i tell you a week (laughs) before the surgery i found out i was pregnant with my daughter no oh yeah Oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah, they did not want that to happen. And I understand from a medical perspective, that did not make any sense at all mm-hmm. for me to continue that pregnancy. And I understand that. I mean, they're going, mm-hmm. we don't really know what's going to happen. And, you know, we have this outcome that we would like to happen, but a pregnancy that throws everything off about, you know, how they were going to do things as far as medical wise and surgery and, you know, what they were going to use and anesthesia right, and keep whatever. It simple. Yes, right, exactly. Like, like, that's, but, that's a little complicated. Do you, yeah. so do you have a daughter? Oh, yes. She's 10 years old. Wow. She is here. She's a, she, we're both little walking miracles. I know, and I don't, I try not to use that word like, lightly because people talk about lots of things being miraculous, but uh, she definitely was not expected to survive. And because, like they said, it's experimental. They had not done, they hadn't seen it and really done it before. And I mean, there weren't there aren't medical codes for some of the things that they did for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, she but she was a little tough when I was I think I was about five weeks pregnant 
at the time of surgery and i had had lots of mris and cat scans and x-rays and a shit ton of medication thank god for medical yes but they but i was like yes i always joke and say she's my little mutant baby (laughs) because she's really 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 smart when i say smart i mean Mensa smart is so. is that like so you're just like trying to reassure me that your kid's not dumb because of all the drugs oh is no that, is that what you just said is that <laughs> what you just did? yeah yeah here i am trying to justify no but <laughs> i just you know the reason why i decided to continue the pregnancy i was like well you know if i'm already dying anyway i might as well try yeah and the other thing is i it was my sign from the universe that things were going to be okay mm-hmm. and I'm, and also i was thinking baby because i had always wanted a baby <laughs> and i and they're like i'm like baby and they're going no <laughs> and i'm like yes even up to the day before the surgery and i but i believe that people you know have autonomy over their own bodies and you know my experiences with that is um you know something i tell people with disabilities like this is your body mm-hmm. and that ties into sexuality this is your body you listen to you and in and when it comes to your body i mean yes you can take suggestions and like obviously i let them you know it you know i wanted medical intervention you know it got it removed and everything but yeah the pre- being pregnant and then having uh, a severe morning sickness condition called hypermesis gravidorum where you throw up all day long lost 70 pounds i like to joke and say best diet ever oh my goodness <laughs> So fast forward, yeah. Then and so I went to rehab at Shepherd's Final Center, and I, I like to say Emory saved my life, but Shepherd saved my soul. And okay, they were you know they that they t- you know teach you how to basically how to get around in society, how you do this, how your body is working, how you have this new body. So surgery happens uh, for and this is rehabilitation and rehabilitation is where I. Um, started when they did these classes the sexuality component was like i said we studied our bowel and bladder for three weeks solid with books and lessons and diagrams and all kinds of things sexuality we got a 45 minute film mm-hmm. and we were segregated by uh, gender what and, you're an yeah, adult person i know i felt like i was in fifth grade and i was learning about having my period and needing to wear deodorant mm-hmm. yeah but and the film just for me raised more questions than it answered and it was frankly kind of depressing what was uh, it like your vagina is no longer allowed yes to basically date. it was like oh well yeah you won't be able to feel or you won't be able to touch it or whatever you know but you can think of it, you know, they did, you know, mention about your brain and fantasizing or whatever, but it didn't really explain. And it wasn't, I, I it just, it really, it was, empowering it was not empowering and it was not, and it definitely was not uplifting. Um, <laughs> and it was just, and I didn't. And so I was really, really frustrated and mm-hmm. I, remembered how frustrated i was but then you know i was you know pregnant and all the hell that mm-hmm. was happening and anyway and so but by the time i got back to myself like feeling like okay back to robin back to wanting to have sex back to feeling like a sexual being um it was about maybe about two years later okay because you know having a huge adjustment. Intense, yeah. Uh, yeah being a mom and a disability all at the same time wow that i mean because you know being a being a parent turns your world upside down mm-hmm. and but disability acquiring a disability also 
turns your world upside down. Did you have a partner? Uh, at, at the time, yes, I was yeah. uh, married, uh, my daughter's father, mm-hmm. and he, we are extraordinarily close friends. I call him Great. my husband because ex-husband has too negative a connotation. Right. So, um, yes, and Sean, you know, was there with me every step. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, I, but it was kind of a re- when I started being interested in sexuality again, mm-hmm. you know, I'd already been interested in kink and had already been involved in, uh, you know, kink. I was a, uh, I used to be do sensual domination. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, I have a degree in anthropology. I've always, I, 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 and I, I love studying human culture, but I, I especially love studying subcultures. Mm-hmm. So, um, that kind of tied right in. And so when I was looking for information on BDSM and disability, I really wasn't finding a lot about, you know, bondage, domination and discipline and sadomasochism and disability because, you know, people were, I wasn't, it was hard finding the information back in 2007, 2008 um, on disability and sexuality in the first place. Okay. So I'm going to take this interview and yes. I'm going to pause it for a second. Yes, dear. And move it okay. somewhere else. Move it. Because we need some basic information. Yes. That I, I, I need some clarification. Yes. Are you with me? I am. So, if you're disabled. Yes. You can still have sex. Fuck. Yes. And Ability does not preclude you from being able to give an experience and receive pleasure. And if you're disabled, you can, you can still get a date? Yes, people with disabilities. Um, and I use, I, I use what's called person-first person language, mm-hmm. which is, I say, a person with a disability mm-hmm. rather than a disabled person because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lot of things. True. So, I'm a person-first. Mm-hmm. And, so, um, and my disability is part of me, but it's not all of me. Yeah, that was my next question yeah. was vocabulary word. Because I've heard yeah. that able uh ableism ableism like, or able-bodied able-bodied means that or i like to say temporarily able-bodied because if you live long enough you get to join the ranks it's true <laughs> so um uh, able-bodied means okay you can you you can you don't have the challenges that you know somebody with a disability might have like able-bodied means okay you're able to walk and listen and uh communicate and you know those sort of things and then a person with a disability a disability can be anything uh disability encompasses all kinds of different areas like mental health a lot of people don't think of like uh people with ptsd that of thinking of that as a disability as far as uh, sexuality but yeah because you need to no things that can be triggering or how can I experience pleasure if, um, you know, I, without being triggered and without, you know, disassociating or something. And so you have your mental health, but you also have the physical thing going on right. with people with physical disabilities. Okay. So, um, so are there any other terms that would be useful in this? Okay. Um, like some people call them like say crip. Oh yes. Okay. Now, <laughs> amongst the disability community, we call each, uh, you know, the like crip or gimp 
Like I, I making like bracelets and having a line of uh, things, um, you know, items called Gimp Pimp. <laughs> <laughs> And because, you know, kind of showing that sexuality, disability pride. And um, I, because that's just, you know, it's kind of like, it's, we've taken that expression, something that was negative and used to put us down um, and embracing and use it as an empowered phrase. And it, a lot of it tends to be, um, it's people who are, very out very proud very hey yes i'm a person with a disability and yes i have a right to be here mm-hmm. and i have a right to you know live and i you know i would like you know i would like an inclusive being an inclusive part of this community totally so and i'm i'm here kind of like that i'm here i'm queer get used to it but <laughs> no, that's great it's um it's important to hear these things but i also want to make sure like i'm not allowed to say crip or or gimp yeah i mean okay i will have to say that yes because as it it's kind of a it's kind i i use it and i say it but i'm saying it as a person with a disability i kind of oh look i just turned on a light Uh, (laughs) it was getting dark in here um but yeah i i would not suggest you use that um no yeah no i just i just want to double check because i didn't understand but a person with a disability like and when and now that not all people with disabilities uh like uh, people using that um uh especially sometimes some of the older members real of the community really have a problem with that because um i guess you know when they were growing up and you know being treated and called a gimp or a cripple or whatever and you know those are very powerful words mm-hmm. that bring you know back memories of that sort of thing but amongst um i uh people i i would say like gen x or whatever and you know you i we get it like yeah i know it was like, a little bit of a curt revolve you don't have to speak for all disabled no, people and everywhere like, no and i'm not because not like i said not everybody embraces that but it's one of those things that I with my friends I'm okay with it and I I use it mm-hmm. but yeah I've been called out by other people with disabilities for using it so it's but I, I find it an empowering word awesome I I, I feel like I am taking it back and I'm and like I it, it kind of shows to me my disability pride yeah. actually yeah kick ass so. right what about um actually no I want to I want to ask I'm going to ask some more questions. Oh, okay. ask away. It's like all these inappropriate feeling questions. Here's, here's a basic one. Okay. What do you wish people, uh, for anyone who is experiencing a disability. Yes. Listening. What do you wish that they would know? I mean, you've said like everyone's entitled to pleasure and all that. But this is one of the main, one of the main topics. And this is something, and it's worldwide because, you know, disability affects people everywhere because mm-hmm. you know it knows no boundary when it comes to that because part we're humans it's part of the human experience um but one thing i do i i, w- I like to touch on and address mm-hmm. um confidence mm-hmm. having that confidence and pride and feeling sexy and feeling desirable and that to me and that cross disability Mm -hmm. and feeling and getting over the feeling of 
oh, well, I'm broken, so therefore I must take what I can get and um, allow what whoever is interested in me sexually doesn't matter how they treat me. At least this person is willing to accept my brokenness. And um, I don't subscribe to that, obviously. Mm-hmm. I am, and I'm going, no, because I know what that thinking is like because I was there. Mm-hmm. I experienced that. Thank God for therapy. But, you know, but I, but it's something I had to embrace and find within myself. But I, I really, I, I want to teach self, I want to talk about the importance of self love in discovering and embracing your sexuality. And that is, that to me is a universal um, issue. And to also, um, wanted like i said uh getting out of that but also like i I, post, I had a facebook post uh like a month or so ago like don't get the d's twisted i have a disability i am not desperate Ooh, oh snap <laughs> uh, yeah i do not i don't take any bullshit <laughs> I, I know what i know what i want i know that i am a sexy wonderful kind attractive woman i feel it i own it and I mean, when I walk into a room, I'm going, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm like, I, I was like, I'm here with my cane. I'm like, I'm here. I, I like to say like, even with my dress, everything that, how I do, I express myself. I like Mm -hmm. to express my feelings through my clothes, through whatever, but it's, I, I embrace who I am and it's Mm -hmm. embracing who you are is who is what allows you to, um, really discover and uh, identify and find your your sexual self so thank you you're welcome i mean like that applies like that applies to me yeah that applies to every to be honest it's a universal thing but it's like but for so long people with disabilities have been told you get these or that you get these messages from society that they've lost their humanity that you've lost your humanity especially when you are dealing with the challenges it comes to being included in your communities like basic things like transportation like Mm -hmm. how the fuck are you gonna get out of the house if you say you have a chair but you know you can't drive so that means you know or are so are you gonna have to buy a van have somebody that can drive that van um you know if if that or if, but if what happens when if you can't afford a van and you want to live on your own and be out in the community like are you going to live do you live near public transportation or reliable public transportation and that's an issue because there are mm-hmm. lots of places you know that don't have public transportation so people with disabilities are pretty much homebound that's awful and yeah and yes. self-driving cars yes yeah, self-driving cars big deal i had i had a, a friend with that who is blind and he got to be in one of those as it went across the country and he was the joy and excitement that wow. he expressed from getting to have that kind of you know because it lends independence yes it's important and i i mean i feel really 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 fortunate because and i don't take it for granted Mm -hmm. because you know i am able to drive Mm -hmm. and yes i I drive with a half paralyzed foot (laughs) but and and but i i taught myself about how to brake and Mm -hmm. do different you know knowing that i have to have a different braking distance and pressure and stuff like that and um you know, and, and and 
to you know to drive a little safer how do you else do you expect her to get up to a date exactly because i'm like i need to i need to be able to get out of the house and i like to have control over me getting there and me leaving if i don't like this right if i'm like for instance i had a guy who took me on a first date to a dungeon at our first date we met on the internet yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah not a good idea what are the do you mind if i ask more questions oh yes please ask where um how would you recommend someone who's disabled go about dating i have found that what worked for me was um i i like internet dating mm-hmm. because i mean i i tried you know traditional trying to just go out go everywhere meet people but that gets exhausting especially i mean it's exhausting whatever your ability is mm-hmm. but i'm going i you know, constantly having to go to social events so I can meet people, you know, that's wear and tear on my body. And I prefer to do my scouting out the cute guys uh, who are available and might be interested in me mm-hmm. online. So, um, I mean, that presents its challenges, of course, because you come across different in person than you do mm-hmm. online. Which is true yeah. for for everyone. Yeah. But uh, do you find, I mean, I, I mean, uh, I don't know if you've talked to other uh, yes. folks with disabilities. Like, do they tend to just put it right out there at the top of their profile? Or and see, this is that something I'm asked all about because sometimes people are like, well, when do I disclose that I have a disability? And I tell them you need to be upfront straight away so you can weed out the people where your disability wears them out. You don't need them in your, you don't, and it's better to know it from the get go where that rather than they show up make an excuse to go to their car and drive away because that mm-hmm. happened to to me once and it was somebody that met off craigslist which is not that don't use craigslist <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's for a lot of people but um bathroom wall the internet so, um, isn't it though yeah so i um but i was going on there but i didn't disclose you know and i the first you know, a couple of guys I dated that I had mm-hmm. met on there. And I remember one time the, a boyfriend that I had met, you know, online where I hadn't already disclosed that I had a disability and we had been dating for several months and, you know, and he, we got an argument about something stupid and he was like, well, you're a liar. Like you wouldn't, you weren't even truthful about the fact that you had a disability. Ooh. Right. Over the, and so it was like, what? I'm not a liar, but it was because I was in that mindset of, oh, because at first I was thinking, well, I want them to love me for my mind. So I just want them to meet me as a person and, you know, just let my personality and let them see me like that and not judge me right away mm-hmm. based on a physical disability. And now, you know, I don't have time for that shit. And <laughs> I try to tell other people, you know, it's in the in- your best interest of your heart and your time, you know you know don't don't waste it so i am very upfront like my tinder ad that is the very first thing i have on there i'm like hi um i am you know i'm robin and you know i do you know uh i am a sexuality you know a sexuality and disability educator um a person with a disability i have a c4 uh, told him, but I was like, I, I don't get really technical about it, but I just I, say, wouldn't, I wouldn't even know what, what that meant. Yeah, 
See, Google. Anyway, but yeah, but I believe but well, that is the internet. So people can copy and paste. But I say, um, I'm a person with a disability. Uh, I have um, a spinal cord injury and uh, I'm a quadriplegic and I walk. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I talk about all of my other interests and, you know, where, and I fully express my personality and I have pictures on my, in my pictures, I represent myself with the cane like with me with my cane so they can see me and see me because my cane i you know that's that's how i get around it's my mobility device it's like to me it's the same as looking at some, you know oh somebody with glasses mm-hmm. and you see them with glasses on so how's mm-hmm. it working for you amazing <laughs> i honey uh, uh, i mean i i get on tinder like i said i am very point blank about me i every i i, I should you know it Everybody's goes like you have the most interesting profile I've ever seen on awesome. Tinder, or and or like you're hot, you're just, you know or, or whatever. But you know I but I also put like the type of men mm-hmm. um, I wanted to attract, and I I you know I'm like oh I'm poly I'm uh, sapiosexual you know I, you know all of those things I I mm-hmm. say those up front fantastic and Wish everybody would do that yes I, I honesty is the best policy. Um, oh, what was, I had a question. Um, no, I forgot it. Oh, well it's, Mm -hmm. can I ask you about, uh, folks who have a hard time being able to pleasure themselves? Yes. That to me is like, cause I've been asked that before. And I mean, there's, I'm familiar with like vibrators and things and, and some auto strokers, but I, I would love your take on, on, for folks who can't reach or don't like have the muscles genitals or, or, or don't have the strength. Okay. Well, there are all <laughs> sorts of really cool, you know, adaptations. And, um, luckily there are things that exist like, um, liberator makes a lot of really great, uh, they call it sexual adventure gear, but they make a lot of great sex furniture that is supportive mm-hmm. of, um, you know, helping you get into positions that you couldn't get into um, before. But they also have their, their Dr. Mary Lou is a person. She is a little person and mm-hmm. she's a sex I, educator. I look forward to interviewing her at some point. She, she's amazing. Is she, is she, now that way she rocked my world. She taught me a lot. And that was just me in a workshop last, last year at ASECT. Okay. And, she one of the things that she opened my mind to was what happens if your arms aren't long enough to reach your genitals and she uh, mentioned she was talking about like a certain form of uh, dwarfism where your arms aren't long enough to reach your genitals now um a woman can maybe use like a longer handled vibrator um, in order to masturbate, you know, or clitoris or, or mm-hmm. whatever, or yeah. attach it to, um, some sort of like, uh, a stick or a dowel or something that's strong, strong wooden something, um, basically making like a longer handle for it. And that, you know, and you can use that, but for men, you know, it's like, okay, well, what, what are you, you going to do? So liberator you know has you know a lot of their furniture has where you can has like a little pocket in it where you can insert your toys Mm -hmm. so you can mount it and things like that so you can put like a flashlight 
and this uh, thing that liberator has and you can stick the flashlight in it and then um the man can you know kind of hold on and can use that to masturbate himself okay so you know there there are there where there's a will there's a way there you just have sex drives there's a will yes and and you definitely have the will (laughs) it's there so you'll find the way and you know and you know, was it necessity is the mother invention? It's true, and uh, so you learn to make adaptations. Um, Nothing that, is impossible. I feel like the, this just opens up so many more questions, but I want to just—I don't know. I guess I don't. Know, I feel like this is a lot. Oh yes, it is and a lot. I it's, it's and I want to get Dr. Mary Lou to talk yes, about her work. She can. Is there anything else that you really want people to know around sex and disability, especially in terms of just the logistics of uh, having sex? Uh, um, first of all, uh, like I say, you, honesty is very important. Being honest with yourself about, hey, this is how my body works. Because sometimes people with disabilities will try to look or act quote unquote less disabled um in order to be accepted and included by people without disabilities because you know they feel like okay it's better so but it's better for me i think it's better to be upfront and honest about hey this is how my body works and um let's you know why don't we try exploring this Mm -hmm. this is what i'd like to try to do why don't you know we try this so I think the main thing is just learning to you need to learn to embrace and love yourself and your body and know how it works. And so and that your but my big main thing I want people to know is your brain is the most important sexual organ that you have. So your mind can take you places (laughs) and your you can use to me your brain is the most important thing it, it's not sex is not just about your genitals mm-hmm. and general stimulation there is a lot more to sex than just that and uh, that's also something i want to talk about that i not i mean that's something i talk about you know because you know it's not not everyone can you know feel those areas it's true like i mentioned i don't feel my vulva it's or true. the outside of my breast so but it doesn't mean that I don't orgasm because there are other ways for me to feel. I have a question. Yes, dear. I totally said there was a last question and I realized that this was also an important question. Do you have anything to say to anyone who gets a crush on someone who is, has a disability? Okay. Yeah. This is what I have to say because I get that question a lot too from people um, without disabilities. It says, hey, I, um, I, I met this girl. She's in a chair. Um, I don't, how do I go about asking her out or whatever? I was like the same way you would do someone who was not in a chair. Um, <laughs> so awkwardly, as, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awkwardly. But you know, you, what you do is, you know, you're talking to a person and it's a person you find attractive. So talk, you know, say, Hey, you know, um, don't be afraid. Don't think that you have to know everything right off the bat you know about the before you ask them out or anything why don't that's something you know why don't you just ask the person out just the way you would uh, you know someone without don't don't even think about 
uh, the disability as far as asking the person out. Well, they might, at, feel, they might feel like maybe people will think they're weird or that the person uh, will think, oh, I guess asking anyone else. It's like anyone asking out, anyone it's, else. I mean, I mean, people, I, people, a people find everybody, the people find things weird or they'll, they'll want to put people in boxes about like, this is who should be dating who. I mean, I, you know, think about like interracial relationships or anything like that. Um, or same, same gender or, or mm-hmm. whatever. So, um, you know, but you, you, you're, you're, it's a, another person. So, and then, you know, if once the person, you know, accepts or shows that they're also interested, you know, then you can have those conversations and, but, you know, and, and yeah, it might be awkward, but, you know, just come out of, as, as a play, come to asking about it, um, in a place, uh, out of a place of love and care. Okay. And, um, saying, you know, you, you can, you can ask questions now you don't have to sit there and have to get medical charts and a breakdown and doctor's notes and all that bullshit no <laughs> oh i don't need a doctor's note <laughs> you know i'm like going i know some people who who need some kind of note and are like from a note from your mama can you leave the house even though you're like right 30 years old right that's that's challenging yeah no, oh, I was talking about people without disabilities. Oh, I know oh, I got oh. this mom. And anyway, um, Robin, it was wonderful to chat with you. Where can people find you in the world? Well, I have a website at with Robin dot com, um, and you can also find me on Twitter uh, at at sexabled. And, um, you, and my, my website has my contact info on it. So you can contact me through there. You can, um, I also have a sex, sex, I have a Facebook page, uh, sexable. So you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you can connect with me through my website and I, I am happy to talk, like I said, to groups. I do workshops, classes, one-on-one uh, consultations thanks to the power of technology skype <laughs> exists i can have skype sessions and um i really am truly uh, am passionate and committed to uh making sexuality fun and inclusive and i i i believe that regardless of ability that everyone has a right to uh, experience and receive pleasure. Ooh, pleasure receiving. No. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, Sandra. It is, it's an honor to be on your show. Um, and I am, I'm glad I, I met you at camp and, um, I'm, I'm just really excited. This is it's it's all new and it's and sometimes it's a little scary. Uh, I understand? It, I'm, believe me, I'm still wrestling with a lot of yeah work things. So yeah, it, it, it's, but it's, yeah. but I know that it's needed, and I know that my voice that more voices of people with disabilities need to be out there and included in these conversations and about sexuality and in this world of sexuality because I'm going. We can all we can work together. We can. United. United. United we come. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go team fun. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 